Welcome to The Word for Everyday Disciples with Dave DeSelm, a weekly podcast that brings biblical teaching to everyday people in ways we can understand and then put into practice. I'm your host, Gwen DeSelm, and I'm so glad that you've joined me today. Our teacher is Dave DeSelm. Dave spent over 40 years in pastoral ministry, planting, growing, and leading a church. Currently, he is the executive director of Dave DeSelm Ministries, offering resources for everyday pastors and the people they lead, such as a blog, devotionals, individual and group coaching, speaking, and more. You can find out more about us at davedeselmministries.org. In the Bible, Jesus is known by many names, Savior, Lord, Messiah, King, but perhaps the most personal and intimate name he was given is Emmanuel, God with us. I mean, just think about what that implies. He is with you right now. Wherever you are, whatever you're facing, Jesus is with you. And as surely as he is with you now, he was with you in all the days of your past and will be with you in all of your tomorrows. Friends, this Christmas season, let's turn our hearts toward Emmanuel and discover the gift of his presence. Here's Dave. Let's get our Bibles in hand, shall we? And open them up to two texts. Let's open them up to Luke 2 and to Matthew 1, all right? Luke 2 and Matthew 1. I kind of put a marker in one of the two, and we'll be looking at both of them briefly, all right? So there you are in Macy's department store. You're surrounded by people who are on the same mission you are, to somehow put a dent in your Christmas shopping. And so far, you've made some pretty good progress, when all of a sudden, the music just explodes around you. Not through the speakers, but through the shoppers. The guy next to you pushing a stroller stops and starts belting out the tenor part to handles Messiah. Across the aisle, there are two ladies who are still holding their shopping bags, and they join in as well. Before you know it, the whole store is filled with two groups of people. Those singing and those wondering what in the world is going on. Can you imagine it? The wonderful surprise, wonderful surprise of explosive music just coming out of nowhere around you in an instant, in a heartbeat. Shoppers become worshipers. Macy's becomes a sanctuary. And an ordinary Saturday morning becomes an extraordinary Christmas celebration. The wonder of it all. Well, what happened in Philadelphia two years ago was pretty special. But what happened in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago is even more special. In your Bibles, Luke chapter 2, familiar words to most of us, but words I never weary of reading every Christmas season. Luke 2, beginning in verse 1. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in claws 
and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now, most of us know what happens next. The angels fill the heavens. Surprised shepherds are invited to the Christmas celebration. And they show up, and sometime later, the wise men show up with all of their gifts. It's a picture of Christmas. But Christmas really began nine months earlier. And Matthew uniquely adds this part to his account that Luke does not describe. So now, sliding back to Matthew chapter 1, let's see what he has to say about this. Matthew chapter 1, beginning in verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you're to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they'll call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. I've chosen that last part of verse 23 as our theme this Christmas season. Emmanuel, God with us. That's what I want us to focus in on over these next weeks. And I think as we do so, we'll discover something quite special about Emmanuel, God being with you and God being with me. So where do we set the stage for this? How do we get into this idea of God being with us? Well, I think we would do well to understand something first and foremost. Notwithstanding all the hype and hoopla over the past 2,000 years, you must understand this was a very normal situation. It was. Nazareth was a normal Galilean town. Mary was a normal young teenager. Joseph was a normal craftsman trying to eke out a normal living. Mark it well. This wasn't King Joseph or Queen Mary. This was Norm and Norma normal. That's who they were here. So when the call goes out that a census is being demanded, they have to make the normal trip down to Joseph's ancestral hometown of Bethlehem. The normal four-day, 80-mile trip. They end up exhausted, covered with road dust. Ladies, can you imagine riding a donkey, nine months pregnant, for four days? For them, that was the normal way to get there. So that's how they had to do it. They can't find a motel room. Everything's busy. All this while, Mary is having her normal contractions, and Joseph is having the normal nerves that a first-time dad would have. Underscore this in your thinking and let it bring Christmas alive to you fresh this year. These were normal people. God showed up. God showed up to normal people. Keep that in mind. Joseph has to deal with the normal responsibilities, and some of you men and women know this full too well, of being a small business owner how to pay the bills and satisfy the customers. Mary will have to handle the households of being a stay-at-home mom with a newborn, 
and yet also keep the household together. They'll wrestle with paying their bills. They'll have to deal with keeping up on their taxes. Can you identify with that sense of normalcy? Then there are the relational issues they, f- they face. I mean, this was a little bit strange conception, wouldn't you say? How do you explain that to your family and neighbors? How do you explain to them, well, you know, God kind of did this. And all the while, Mary's family's thinking, sure. In fact, we know that while the family was skeptical, the neighbors mocked. Later on, when Jesus was an adult, he was actually accused of, are you ready for this, being a bastard child. And as loose as Mary must have been, Joseph was the bigger fool for bringing her into into his home. Some of you know what that's like to be misunderstood, to struggle with family, to deal with neighbors who just openly mock you. Think about it. Everything was so normal. God sent his son to normal people. This just really hit me over these past days. Listen, what if God would have sent his son to pomp and circumstance? What if Jesus would have instead been born to wealth and privilege? What if Joseph and Mary would have been prominently featured in People magazine? What if Bethlehem would have been more like Hollywood on Oscar night? With Joseph and Mary getting out of the limousine, stepping onto the red carpet, and the people all around her going, oh, Mary, you look divine. That was a joke. (laughs) Divine. Apparently not a very good joke, but anyway... (laughs) Here's the point. If Mary and Joseph would have been anything but normal, we may have found some admiration for them, but we never would have known the identification with them that we so long for. And isn't that what we want? We want to desperately believe that maybe, just maybe, if God would be Emmanuel with them, maybe he'll be Emmanuel with us. Common, normal, ordinary people. That's what we want. And the very fact, friends, that God chose to come to those people can, I think, give us great confidence that Emmanuel God with us is for normal people like us as well. Now, that which Matthew and Luke talk about historically, John talks about theologically. Rather than have you turning to a third text, I thought we'd just use the screens. And lifting our eyes and voices, let's read this out loud and together, shall we? In the beginning was the Word, And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing has has been made. Now, take a look at those first three words. Do those remind you of anything? John begins his gospel with the same three words that what else begins? Genesis, the Bible. Do you think that's a coincidence? No. John is making a point. As surely as we read Genesis 1-1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, he says, now let me pull the curtain back. In the beginning was the Word. Jesus, before he came to earth, was the eternal Son of God, also known as the Word. So in the beginning was the Word, Jesus. The Word was with God, with God the Father, with God the Spirit. And the Word was God, fully God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Don't miss that little word, through. You see, if John would have said, by him, uh, by him all things were made, it could cause us to think that, well, Jesus used pre-existing materials and made things. 
That makes it clear. There was nothing before this. Jesus made everything out of nothing. He was before all else. This was the eternal son. So picture him. The creative uh, part, if you will, of the Trinity, before all things, existing in amazing splendor. And then we come to 114 of John's gospel. Again, lifting our eyes and voices, let's read this. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Think of that. The Lord of the universe shrank down, down, down into a tiny embryo that God placed inside this 14-year-old girl. It's breathtaking, the very thought of it. I had a reminder just this fall. As many of you know, Gwen and I were so thrilled to become grandparents again uh, for the third time. And uh, little Madison Grace was born a couple months ago to our son Jeff and his wife Samantha. Uh, Last night, Madison and I watched a football game together. It was a wonderful thing. Just enjoying so much, you know, the big football game on TV last night. And we held her, of course, and loved that kind of thing. But we were able really to hold her uh, months earlier. And this is how we held her. There she is uh, in all of her splendor, you know. I thought that looks a little bit like a a Doppler weather report. (laughs) Storm warning. And Jeff and Sam, maybe that is a storm warning for you right there, okay? But as I thought about that, I thought, Joseph and Mary did not have ultrasound, but can you imagine that Jesus was like that? The eternal Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, the King of kings and Lord of lords, was like that. Amazing. Amazing. Down the birth canal, he came into our world. Emmanuel, God with us. Very interesting word, Emmanuel. It is a Hebrew word used in the Greek New Testament. Imanu literally means with us. El is short for Elohim, one of the words for God. Emmanuel, Emmanuel, the with us God. That's what it literally means. Why is this important? Again, because if God would become flesh and blood and live among ordinary common people, we can dare to believe that he will live with us. I think for many of us, this is an aspect of a relationship with Christ that we soft pedal way too much. We talk about relationship with Christ, right? Do you have a relationship with Christ? How do we typically define that? Well, we basically say, when you have a relationship with Christ, when you have faith in Christ and his sacrificial death on the cross, You were forgiven for your past sins. Your past is forgiven. And that's a wonderful thing, isn't it? We're also tell people, and you're given a future promise for heaven as part of God's family. Your past and your future. But many times we never consider the present. What does it mean to have a present relationship with Emmanuel? What does it mean that God is with you and with me, normal as we might be, Every day, moment by moment, what could that mean? In short, could it be that many of us are missing much of the heart of Christianity? Because we don't know what it's like to actually walk through life with God. The fact that he's with us. See, when you capture that, it will change everything. 
You're listening to The Word for Everyday Disciples with Dave DeSelm. Dave will continue his message in just a moment. If you're enjoying this podcast, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode and then help others find us by sharing this podcast with your friends and family. If you'd like to support us in this ministry, just go to davedeselmministries.org and click on the Donate button. Well, Dave and I are excited about what God is doing with Dave to Sell Ministries, and we'd like to invite you to follow us on that journey by signing up to receive our weekly update. Get the latest DDM news and a personal word from Dave sent to your email inbox each Monday morning. You can subscribe to the weekly update on our website, davedesellministries.org. Now let's return to Dave and the rest of today's teaching. Yesterday, uh, we had a extended family Christmas, the DeSelm extended family Christmas. And it's always special to see my, my brother and sister again, of course, now all their kids and now their grandkids. And so the house was full. My son Jim and his wife Carrie weren't able to get in from Chicago, uh, from Chicago, but everyone else was there except for one couple and their absence was striking. My sister Amy's oldest boy is named Daniel, and he and his wife Katie have two boys, but the youngest of the two, Caleb, a 22 months old, was born with a very serious heart defect. Believe it or not, in the past months, he's had multiple surgeries on his heart. Half of it does not work. He recently had a crisis. In fact, he was with no heartbeat for three minutes. They brought him back, and they said, we can no longer sustain him. He's now in Riley Hospital, hooked up, And the only hope he has is a heart transplant. 22 months. They missed all of November, no Thanksgiving. They're going to miss all of December, no Christmas. They're in Riley Hospital. And I asked my sister yesterday, how are Daniel and Katie doing? And she said, "Uh, unbelievably well. Can you you imagine this? Your 22-month-old son... And unless another child dies within four hours, Caleb will die. And they're waiting. And I said, how, how do they do it? Amy said, the sense of God's presence in that room is unbelievable. There's this peace that is unexplainable. There is this quiet confidence that they have. People showing up, Amy's a nurse, and she says, doctors who I met in Newcastle who were showing up at Riley and giving us insight, I didn't know they worked there. Old nurse colleagues who are now working down there who come across my path and help us to access certain aspects, she said, unbelievable. Prayer support from literally all over the world, people uh, seeking to uh, be with them. They've got so many Christmas gifts now given their family. They're now asking people to give gifts to other needy kids in Riley Hospital. So something else is happening. I say all this to let you know that when I said to Amy, how are Daniel and Katie doing? She said, really good. Because God is with them. See, here's the deal, and it's the second blank. God shows up in normal circumstances. And we pray that God will show up in Congo, don't we? To be sure. We pray that God will show up in uh, New Jersey after Superstorm Sandy. Absolutely. We pray on a regular basis that he will show up here in our Sunday gatherings. And to be sure, many of you could testify right now of the times you've sensed God's presence here. 
I pray that he'll show up in Riley Hospital and touch a little 22-month-old little boy. Um, But what about the other days of the week? Will God really be with you when you're working the line at GM, when you're teaching in your classroom, when you're behind the counter of your small business, when you're taking care of your kids at home? A little book I came across some time back to show you how long ago it was, this book by Brother Lawrence called Practicing the Presence of God cost 60 cents back then. (laughs) I told you I was old. He was a monk who lived in the 17th century and he determined that he would live life as if the presence of God was with him all the time. Now he was a monk and that sounds pretty noble until you realize that he was one of the youngest monks in the monastery. Do you know what Brother Lawrence's job was in the monastery? He worked in the kitchen. More specifically, he was the dishwasher. And the reflections that are in this book are of a young dishwasher who practiced the presence of God. Listen to this from the book. His one desire was communion with God. We find him worshiping as much in the kitchen as in the cathedral. He prayed, Lord of all pots and pans and things, Make me a saint by getting meals and washing up the plates. He said, The time of busyness, that'd be in the kitchen, does not with me differ from the time of prayer and the, in the noise and clatter of the kitchen with several persons at the same time telling me what to do. I possess God in as much tranquility as if I were upon my knees in the chapel. To live a life with the awareness that God is with me, what would that be like for you during these next weeks? To walk through life with a quiet confidence that normal as you are, ordinary as you would appear, God is with you. What would it be like if you celebrated your great joys this month as if he was right there with you? You talk to him about it. God, Lord, this is wonderful. What would it be like if you poured out your hurt? What would it be like if you share with him your confusion and your pain? What would it be like if you began to do God as if Emmanuel, God, really was with you? How might your life change? Emmanuel, God is with us. In your cancer treatment, God is with you. In your job search, God is with you. In your separation, God is with you. In your grief, God is with you. In your parenting struggles, God is with you. God is with us. Would you please note that is in the present tense. It does not say God was with us. It does not say God will be with us. Present tense. God is with us. It's in the present. So don't be tense. God is with us. God is with us. God is with you when you have to make a tough decision these next weeks. God is with you when you're asked to offer advice. God is with you when you need to extend grace to someone who's hurt you. He's with you when you're changing the diapers, mowing the lawn, sitting in your cubicle, working the assembly line, teaching in your classroom. God's with you. I give you the challenge. What if you walked a little slower during these days and you tuned your ear to where he might be whispering? A song you just happened to hear, a comment you just happened to hear. What if you'd open your eyes a little wider and before you know it, you notice a bit here and you notice something there and it seems, that's interesting. Because God is with us and he longs to make himself real to us that we might know his peace and his presence and his grace. God is with us. 
So, are you normal? Congratulations. You're a candidate. God is with you. And if you're really careful, you just might hear the music coming out of nowhere. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I am struck by the depth of this account. After 60 plus Christmases, I'm still just drop-jawed and open-eyed. That you would become a human, not losing your deity, but embracing full humanity, a fetus down a birth canal to become a little baby, growing to be a boy and a man with us. To recognize freshly, that's how much you care for us. Open our eyes over these next days. As we walk a bit slower, as we listen a bit clearer, as we see with eyes open a bit wider, give us quiet evidences. My child, I am with you. May we bring you into our lives, talking to you about our days, sharing with you our pain, seeking your wisdom for our decisions. And may we reflect upon the fact that our relationship with Christ is deeper than perhaps we'd ever realized. So grateful for all that offers us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for the Word for Everyday Disciples with Dave DeSelm. If you'd like to let Pastor Dave know how this message has blessed you, send him an email at dave at davedeselmministries.org. Then join us next time as we look to God's Word for help and hope as we follow Jesus every day.